Hello and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is July of 2021. And as I mentioned, I am going to be taking a little bit of a break from new episodes during this month. However, I thought it would be really fun to bring you some of our greatest hits from the archives. We may not have, you know, piles and hundreds of archive episodes, but there are still some really fun past episodes and guests that I would love to reshare with you from previous months. So I've picked four of my favorites and will be airing them this month before I am back with brand new content in August. So here we go with our first previous favorite episode. Hello and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planners, planning, and planning adjacent. Today may be one of those episodes where we get a little bit adjacent into time management and just some life philosophy stuff because it's a deep dive episode. You guys know I've been having the format where we either have a guest or we do a product review or we do a Q&A, or we take a deep dive. And I've gotten some feedback that many of you really enjoy these deep dives. Some people have said they have gone back and listened to some of their favorites, like my weekly review and my monthly review episodes were kind of hits, I guess. <laughs> Here comes another one. But this one is going to be all about daily planning and the rituals that kind of make up the bones and the structure of our days. I had a mini revelation while I was walking or I was running the other day. And I think I was listening to somebody talk about how when you do the things you want to do and be the person you want to be, it kind of crowds out some of the things that you might not want to do. In fact, this was actually Angela Duckworth talking to Stephen Dubner on one of their No Stupid Questions episodes. And I don't remember exactly why that came up, but I was running. And as one does when they're running, I felt like that struck me really deeply. (laughs) And the way it struck me deeply had to do with some of the battle that I've been facing off with myself around screen time. You guys know I've been trying to spend less than 100 minutes per day on my phone, and sometimes I am successful, and sometimes I'm not. A couple of days recently, I have had days where I felt like I had really nice days, like I had lots of time with my kids, and I read, and I organized, and I enjoyed life and had conversations, but the minutes on my phone were like 112 or 107, you know, just above that 100 minute goal I set for myself. And part of that might have even been because I was in the car taking my kids somewhere. And when you drive and you use Google Maps, that eats up a bunch of your screen minutes. So they weren't necessarily even minutes that I was spending on the screen doing the things I didn't want to be doing, such as scrolling Instagram as one does, but they were just kind of eaten up by routine activities. And I thought, huh, maybe I don't entirely have the right approach. I think the 100-minute rule was useful for me because it was pretty extreme. And it did motivate me to set down my phone in many instances because I wanted to stay under that number. So I still think it's useful. But at the same time, when I look outside of that, I have to remember why I'm doing it. As an upholder, it can be dangerous. And sorry, little digression. The upholder comes from Gretchen Rubin's personality types that have to do to how you respond to different types of expectations. There's upholder, there's questioner, there's obliger, and there's rebel. And you can read more about that on her website in many different places. And I can put that in the show notes. But I am an upholder, which means I generally respond 
really strongly to expectations, both my own and others. And as an upholder, sometimes you can get lost in your own rules and kind of forget what the why is there for. It takes those questioner types to actually remember, hey, Sarah, like that rule you set for yourself, that's great that you're following it, but is it actually getting at what you truly want at the core? So maybe I didn't ask myself that as often as I could have, but I guess what I'm getting at is my thought and my revelation sort of was that if I am crowding my day with things that matter to me, spending time with my kids, enjoying good books, connecting with others, taking walks, going outside, then maybe it matters less how I spend the minutes that remain. And I thought of some analogies. So for example, I am a diehard YNAB fan, so I track every dollar that I spend. But truthfully, I know at the bottom of my heart that as long as we are not going into debt and we are paying ourselves first by putting money in our retirement accounts as much as we can, then we can't mess up too much. So it's like, if you fill your cup with the things that are essential, then the rest might not matter. And that's kind of a hard thing for an upholder to think about, or especially a detail-oriented one. But at the same time, it seems kind of true to me and gets at what's really essential. Another analogy might be with food. You could like micromanage every macro that goes into your body, but if you get in some vegetables and some protein with every meal, you're probably going to be okay. I mean, not necessarily, but probably. So I guess what I'm saying is, with all this, the value of routines and paying attention to whether I do get in the things in my life that I feel are essential to me are really, really important. And in fact, a well-structured routine that is well thought out and not arbitrary, but really gets in the things that I want to do, it really serves a few purposes. Number one, it will build habits that kind of automatically take me from one good thing to the next good thing, which is great. But number two, it also might prevent me from doing things that I don't want to be doing. And I never really thought about that, but it's true. So for example, my morning routine, I almost never like randomly want to scroll Instagram in the morning. Why? Because I'm doing other things that matter to me more. I'm already busy taking time, you know, checking off a number of things that I like to do in the morning. And I'll talk about what those things are. But I guess that's that's my sort of deep thought for this episode, which is if there's something you don't want to be doing or a behavior that you don't like, is there something you could just work on crowding it out with? I've heard Cal Newport talk about this a little bit too. Like when he gets into digital minimalism, he talks about you can't just tell yourself to shut off your phone. You have to have something that you're going to replace it with. So I think this kind of gets at the core of that. Um, and I want to do some more thought into whether I'm maximizing those things. I think I'm doing a pretty good job, but there's always room for improvement. Or at least that's kind of the way I tend to think about life. Okay, so now with that deep conversation out of the way, I was going to talk a little bit about how I tend to plan my day and my routines. You guys know that I use a daily planning page. So I, um, you know, for years used the Hobonichi, which has a page for every single day. And the Hobonichi Tacho Cousin is an A5 size page with a very fine grid on it. So there's lots of room to put various things. And I've transitioned over to using a Wonderland 222 day per page notebook along with their planner. So I still set up a page for every single day. I usually do it the morning of, although sometimes if I'm just feeling like playing with various brush pens and stuff, I will set up my page kind of structurally the night before, but I pretty much fill it out every single day. Are there the one-off days when things are just too crazy or I'm just fully not in the mood and a day will go by and there's no page? Yes, absolutely. So I fully give you permission to let that happen sometimes as well. 
But most days, I would say, I don't know, 29 out of 30, there is a full daily page layout that is created for me. So rather than go straight onto what is goes onto that page for me, I'm gonna talk you through my morning routine. If you follow me on Instagram, I don't have very many stories. I honestly, Instagram kind of exhausts me and I just, I don't know, I'm torn because I see all these people that are seem to be making like successful mini careers out of it. But to do that, I feel like I'd need to spend a lot of time on Instagram and I really just don't want to. So anyway, another digression, but I do have a story on Instagram that goes through my morning routine, like with real timestamps, so you can see how long things take. And it's pretty accurate. So you can check that out. Or I'll briefly talk you through it here. So most days I get up at five, sometimes 4.55 so that I like know I'm going to be downstairs by five because I like the symmetry of that. I have my coffee maker always set the night before so that it brews coffee at 4.45. So by five, it's like perfectly ready to go. It's probably one night out of 30 that I don't have that set up properly. Sometimes due to my husband saying that he'll do it and not doing it, but usually he's pretty good about it. So pretty much my coffee's always ready to go. I come downstairs and the first thing I do is not touch my planner, not check my email, not look at my phone, but I usually read for about 20 minutes. I just finished Michelle Obama's Becoming and I loved it. So it's usually something nonfiction or inspirational. In fact, before that, I was reading Lisa Woodruff's The Paper Solution. It doesn't have to be super, super deep, but usually just something nonfiction, either a memoir, something by Cal Newport, something that will get me in kind of a positive mood or have me learn something for the day. Becoming was wonderful. I highly recommend that book if you haven't read it by Michelle Obama. So I read and then I usually meditate for 10 minutes. Um, I love having my AirPods for this because I used to feel kind of odd meditating and like there's this like quiet voice going out into a silent house, but now I have my headphones. So that's even nicer. Usually sit on my workout mat and do that. And my coffee by then has kind of taken effect, so I'm awake. <laughs> and then, only then, and by this point, it's usually like 5.35, 5.33, something like that, I will pull out my planner and plan my day. Note that I did not say check my email. I still don't check my email. Actually, like, I've gotten better and better at that over time because I don't like to be derailed. I like to do what I want to do in the morning, and it's 5.40 in the morning, and there's no way there could be anything in my email that needs to be responded to at that time because everyone else in the world is asleep. So. I don't check it. Okay, we've read, we've meditated, and now it's time to set up my daily planner page. So I sit there with my pens, I dump them all out, I have my planner there and I have my light on, and the first step is I go to my weekly page to just see what is on the docket for that day, how many meetings do I have. I do usually pull out my, if I have a patient day, I pull out my Haiku app, which is how we can see, it's our electronic medical record, so I can see exactly how many patients I have and at what time, because I don't want to be surprised about that. And I will also pull out my Outlook on my phone, which is a way of looking at my work calendar without looking at my email because I don't have my work email on my phone. So I can see if I have any like, you know, WebEx uh, or Zoom types of meetings that I have to go to for work. So I basically kind of do an audit of all my hard structure landscape for the day. And then I fill out my page. So I draw a line in the middle and on the left, I have my timeline. So I just kind of strategize. Okay, I have a meeting here. I have five patients here, whatever it is. I might make little check boxes for my patient notes. I do kind of make like a color looking kind of ladder showing how the hours of my day are taken up. There's no code to it. It's just purely aesthetic. So I might use pink and green and blue and yellow one day and orange and gray another day. There's no rhyme or reason to that. But I do like to see how the different activities fit together. So I'll put a line there. And by the way, I will share photos of this on Instagram and on my blog. So you'll be able to see a little better what I'm talking about. And then I have a few different sections on my daily page that kind of gear me up for the day. So the first I have a to do section. 
And from that, I look at my weekly lists, which as you guys know, are on my weekly pages in the planner. I have my goals divided into different realms. So I'll have work goals and you know residency related goals. And I try not to put too many of any kind of goal on this list. I'm limited to about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven slots, unless it's going to start getting really cramped. And I think that's a good maximum. I mean, some of the things are really tiny, like it might just be like send one email. So I'm not one of those people who says, oh, I must only have three things on my list. But I also am not going to have 27. So I put my things on my to do list. The things on my to do list, by the way, don't include any of the things I do every day, like my routine things. I'll talk about that in a second. But those, I mean, that would be kind of repetitive to put that on my to do list. So I don't do it. Then I have a little section for meals, a little section for gratitude, and a section for I have a star and a music note, which is where I record any podcasts, any music, basically any media that I consume. I try to write it there. I know that's a little crazy, but I really enjoy it. It helps me remember the things I listen to. There's a tiny bit of intentionality there. Like if I'm going to, you know, spend a while watching some YouTube video, then I'm going to have to write it down. So I'm probably not going to want to watch something really insipid. I don't know. Sometimes I do anyway, but you get my drift. Am I 100% about putting everything on there? No. Sometimes I won't remember every single podcast I listen to, but for the most part, I do record it there. It does help me read more because I like to put down the books that I'm reading. And then on the upper right hand corner of my page is this cryptic little set of boxes, which has grown over time, um, but I really like it. And it has the same color scheme that I've been using all year, or at least for the last several months, where I have a box for my daily habits, which include meditating, trying to go outside, reading something, listening to some kind of music, doing my Duolingo, that could be just for five minutes, so there's no you know, specific time amount, and whether I can spend less than 100 minutes on my phone. There's a little one there for my sixth metric that I've been recording. Then I have a box for how many steps I take and a box for how many minutes on screen time, as well as a little green box to say whether I did my workout. And I know that sounds like so much. Like when I say it, I'm like, oh my God, that's a lot. But when you actually see it visually, it's just this little panel with boxes and it really doesn't look that intrusive and it doesn't take that long to do. But it does remind me of what I'm trying to do every day. Now, there are some habits that I didn't used to have, for example, skincare, where I used to have a box for that. I remember tracking that. But if something becomes so automatic that I just like don't feel right without doing it, like flossing or skincare, then I don't feel the need to put it on there. So maybe I won't need to put reading on there after a while because that's just like something that I do automatically every day. But for now, I do have it on there. And that's pretty much it. At the top of the page, I usually try to use brush lettering to write the day of the week and then what kind of day it is, whether it's a clinical day, a kid's day, a GME day, so what I'm doing that day. And that's it. That's my pretty minimal but very functional daily layout that kind of tracks a lot of metrics, keeps me on track. I was listening to the Routine and Things podcast with Ashley Brown, I believe is her name. Um, she may be a future guest. I think her ideas are fantastic. And she talked about like creating reminders for your routines because some people will build these great routines but then just kind of forget to do them. The only reason I don't forget to do some of these things I want to do is because I build them into my planner. I mean, there are many days when I just towards the end of the day, see, oh my God, I didn't do my Duolingo and it takes five minutes. So I go ahead and do my Duolingo. So I know that actually having this dashboard kind of within my line of sight whenever I am near my desk does help me accomplish things and move forward on my goals. I just have to be careful again as an upholder that I'm I'm taking the time to reevaluate what my goals are because it can be tempting to just like add more and more and not think about whether they're really getting me to where I want to be. But I think I'm in a pretty good place with them where they are right now. And I'll be honest, getting up at five for me is actually like 
it used to be earlier than that. So if anything, I feel like I've become more reasonable over time. Oh, I forgot what I forgot the rest of my routines. As I said, up at five, read 20 minutes, meditate for about 10 minutes. Then I do my planner sheet. I kind of plan out the day and then I work out. So again, still don't check my email only once I have already worked out. And if there's any time before getting the kids ready for school, I might check it, but there's usually not time because it's usually time to get them ready for school. And so my email is usually not checked until I actually sit down at work, which I think is pretty appropriate because since I have an administrative role, part of my job is responding to emails. So I don't necessarily need to be doing that at completely off work hours. So that is my soapbox about that. So daily planning, does everybody need to do it? No, I think many people are okay with a weekly planner. And I've also seen some really creative uses of space where people put almost the amount of information that I just said into a tiny weekly vertical page. Like I've seen some incredible usages, for example, of the um, Hobonichi Weeks Planner where people just put an amazing amount of data onto those little pages. But I like to have one page to look at in part because if it's a terrible day, you get to turn the page and start all over again. I don't want to wait to the end of the week for that to happen. I want to be able to do it at the end of the day. So I really enjoy daily planning. You may want to try it if you haven't done it before. You might even want to do it in a very disposable fashion. If it kind of annoys you to have all these like scratched on papers and an imperfect book. I know a lot of people really enjoy using note cards for daily planning because then you just have this index card that you're referring to all day. It might be very portable. And then you could get rid of it at the end of the day. You could shred it or maybe one of those tear off pads. I know like Inkwell Press makes a very cute little tear off sheet. And I think cloth and paper has some very nice kind of like pads to use that you could fill up for the day and then get rid of. So I don't necessarily think you need to keep them in a bound book form, especially if you're not really interested in keeping those memories. I don't really think I need to know like, you know, exactly what podcast I was listening to on January 3rd. But there is part of me that takes pleasure in recording that. So you do you there is definitely not one right way. But I do encourage you to experiment with writing things down for your daily plan and your daily routines if you haven't tried it before to see if it helps. And maybe it doesn't and that's okay. But it seems like a worthwhile and pretty harmless experiment to try. So there you go. My thoughts on routines, my thoughts on crowding out bad habits by focusing more on what you do want to be doing. I think I want to do more exploration internally about what I do want to be doing more of, whether that is building more podcasting stuff or spending more one-on-one time with my kids. That was something that came up to me today. I was just thinking, I would love to get my kids with me, just one of them at a time more often. And is there a way I could figure that out? So, you know, if I'm doing that, once again, I'm not scrolling Instagram or wasting the minutes away. I'm doing something that's really important to me. There you go. Our whole discussion on daily planning, habits, rituals, routines, and the philosophy of adding more of the things you want to do to crowd out the things that don't. As always, there will be show notes on this episode on my blog. That's theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X. Dot com, and I promise to take some pictures of what my daily pages look like. I'll also show those on Instagram at the underscore shoebox and at shoebox underscore plans for most of my planning pictures. And you can always ask me questions in those formats as well. I'm always looking for great questions for my Q&A podcast. We do have some really fun guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, although I think I have one week before that. So maybe a little product review snuck in there along the way. I hope you have a wonderful week and a great time planning and trying out these methods yourselves. Let me know how it goes and I will see you next Monday.
Thank you so much for listening. As I mentioned, we will be back with more new content in August. In the meantime, you can find all our archives at theshoebox.com slash best laid plans or just look for the big best laid plans button at the top of the page. You can also also find me on Instagram where I am quote unquote active again, not that active, but more than previously at shoebox underscore plans for planning content and off the cuff photos and things like that. You can also submit questions either through my blog or on Insta. I'm happy to answer them in future episodes and I'll save them. So if you have a question now, you don't have to wait until August to submit it. And I will be back again with more fun stuff in August, but enjoy these past favorites these next couple of weeks. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.